Tune your ear to wisdom. Cry aloud for understanding. If you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Project Philippians, a deep dive into one of the richest treasure mines in Scripture. I'm delighted to have you join me today for another excavation into an amazing 2,000-year-old book. Welcome back, my friend. It is so wonderful to have you back in this journey with us, this admittedly very slow journey as we just travel verse by verse, even word by word through this incredible piece of literature. After all these episodes, uh, we are just now getting to verse two. Can you believe it? Uh, But it is a, a joy to do this with you. And we need the Spirit of God to guide us. So let's pray, Lord God Almighty. Thank you for this book. Thank you for your gracious um, gifts that fill us with peace. And Lord, that's what we want to hear about today. We want to hear about your grace and your peace. We want to know it like we've never known it before. So open our eyes that we might see you more clearly. All right, so we are uh, uh, back in Philippians chapter 1. Let's just start in the very first verse. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, one of the things I love about Paul is how he can take just common, ordinary things and infuse them with the power of the Spirit. And we see an example of that here as Paul takes a standard letter greeting, salutation. You see, back in those days, this, the standard greetings in every letter, we've talked about it a bit, is it's uh, you mention who it's from, who it's to, and then you say greetings. We see an example of that back in Acts 15, 23. Uh, they sent the following letter. The apostles and elders, your brothers... To the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia, greetings. Another example of this is next is 23. That's just the standard format for every letter back then. Now, Paul took that same format, but he changed it. Particularly, I want to point out the way he changed the word greetings. In the Greek, in the original language, greetings is the word karin. But Paul took that word and he changed it by just changing one or two letters to charis. Karin is greetings. Charis means grace. And of course, grace is the great theme of Paul's life. You know, I suppose it's sort of like if you were to say, instead of saying hello to somebody, you said hallowed to them. You know, from the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be thy name. Uh, Just taking a word, a familiar word, and changing it to mean something completely different and completely filled with the Spirit. He says, instead of greetings, it's grace, grace. And then he adds to that word another word, a a particularly Jewish word, peace. In Greek, it's erene, but you're probably more familiar with the Hebrew word, shalom. Of course, that was a very common word and had been for thousands of years, a common greeting among the Jews and the Israelites when they greeted each other, they would say shalom. And so when Paul brings these two words together, it's as if he's bringing the Greek greeting, transforming it into a spiritual one, and bringing the spiritual meaning of of the Jewish greeting together. Grace and peace. See how he's just changed the, this, the simple greeting into something 
beautiful. But what I want to do today is to try to blow off some of the dust that's collected on these words over the centuries. Uh, you know, these are churchy words, and we, I think we sometimes we forget the, the depth and beauty of the meaning behind these words. Grace, for example. Well, what does grace mean? I know we're all familiar with Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for by grace you've been saved through faith. So what is grace? It's just this magical spiritual pixie dust that God sprinkles on us to save us. I'm sure you've heard the common, famous acronym for grace, God's riches at Christ's expense, or gifts received at Christ's expense. And that is, that's good. It's powerful because it reminds us where the grace comes from. It reminds us the cost of grace, that it's, that it's something that God gives us that we could never earn or merit on our own. Grace means something that God bestows on us that comes at the cost of Christ's blood and his own life. But the question still remains, what is it that God is giving us? What is this grace that he's given us? What gifts come from God's grace? So this week, I, I did a word study of all the places where this word grace appears in the New Testament. And I noticed that the word wasn't always associated with Christian salvation, like we come to think of it today. In fact, the, the root meaning of the word is more like the word favor. So, for example, the very first time that it appears in the New Testament is in Luke chapter 1, verse 30, where the angel says to Mary, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. God's grace is upon you, is something what the angel was saying. He's, he's smiling on you. In fact, that word smile, I think, is perhaps a, a great way to understand what the favor of God is. It's his smile. He was smiling on Mary. We see another example of this in Luke 2.40, where uh, Jesus, as a child, continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Again, that's not the saving grace upon him. This was the, the smiling grace of God's favor. God was smiling on his son. Isn't that a beautiful picture? It's when God smiles on you, you are experiencing his grace. In fact, when we say that grace is God's riches at Christ's expense, what we're saying is that based on the sacrifice of Christ on our behalf, God now looks on us with a great big smile. Oh man, that makes me smile when I think about it. I mean, just uh, the picture that comes to my mind is the picture of, a, of a, a daddy with his newborn baby resting in his arms. And the daddy's just looking at this baby. And what's he doing? He's grinning ear to ear. He's just smiling. He's beaming. Why? Did this baby earn his dad's favor? Did the baby do anything besides just come out and poop his diapers? Nothing. The baby does offers nothing except, the, except what the father sees is that this is the child that I helped make. And this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And he's smiling. He's smiling on the child. That's the smile of grace. That's what God's riches at Christ's expense is for us. His riches is his smile of blessing. Well, that takes us to the next word, peace. 
I already told you that it was a common greeting throughout the Old Testament and even to this day that Jews will say shalom to each other in greeting, both as a hello and as a goodbye, shalom, peace. And that was certainly a word that would have been uh, deeply rooted in Paul's mind. But this word had a rich history in the Old Testament. Shalom throughout the Old Testament had two basic meanings. The first one, perhaps the one that would come to your mind's most readily when you think of the word peace, is the opposite of war, the end of hostilities, when two enemies are no longer fighting, they living in peace. In 1 Chronicles 22.9, God promises Solomon that his kingdom would be at peace, that the wars would be over and all the surrounding enemies would be subdued and he would live and his kingdom would live at peace. But there's a deeper understanding of this word shalom in the Old Testament. And it's seen, uh, for example, in Isaiah 57, when God says that those who walk in righteousness enter into shalom, they find rest as they lie on their beds. And then later in the same chapter, he says, I will proclaim peace, full, deep peace to those who are far and near, says the Lord, and I will heal them. So this, this idea of shalom is one that that's, goes inward into your heart. It's a peace that allows you to rest well at night. It's a peace that brings healing and prosperity and fulfillment and contentment. My Bible dictionary says it's the peace of complete fulfillment in the presence of God. My mind goes back to that picture of the baby in his father's arms and uh, the baby whose all his needs have been taken care of, his diaper is clean, his tummy is full, and he's just resting there, gazing at his daddy's face, lying there in perfect peace. That's a picture of the shalom of God. Just the other day, I was uh, went out for a jog, came back and sat on my front porch, and it was gorgeous weather, just perfect temperature. There was just a gentle breeze, and the birds were singing, and I was was pondering this word peace at that time, and, and I just thought, this is a perfect picture of what shalom is. It was just a most peaceful morning I'd experienced in a long time, and, and that peace externally was flooding my heart and I was just reminded that in God's presence, under God's smile, we can live in perfect peace. Of course, the Old Testament goes on to predict that there's something else coming, something more, a deeper peace, a peace that will only come with the Messiah. Isaiah prophesies that a child will be born, a son will be given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. He will be, because of his role as God Almighty, as Everlasting Father, he will be able to bring a peace that we have never experienced before. And then the angel at Christ's birth, the Bethlehem angel, proclaimed peace on earth has finally arrived because the Messiah has come. And this is the peace that God brings us. This is the peace I think that Paul had in his mind when he greeted the Philippians. In fact, he speaks of this same peace later on in the same book. In chapter 4, verse 6, he starts reminding them that when they are tempted to anxiety, to fear, he says, don't be anxious about it, anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, 
Present your request to God. And what's the promise? The peace of God. A peace that goes beyond anything you can understand or comprehend or, or put in a, in a mental box. He says the peace will fill and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In the next verse, he, he talks about how that peace arrives, and it's all about putting your mind in the, what is true and right and, and noble and good and lovely. And, but he says in verse 9, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, put it into practice, and then the God of peace will be with you. So you see, that's where the peace comes from. It comes as a result of us resting our concerns and anxieties in him, casting our cares on him, and with thanksgiving, presenting our request to God, and then focusing our minds on the truth and beauty and nobility of God alone. And then the God of shalom will be with you. Aren't these amazing words? They're so rich, so beautiful. The, sm the smiling grace of God and the shalom peace of God is what Paul has on his mind when he's greeting these people. Are you beginning to see how beautiful this greeting is of Philippians 1 2? It's not, he's not just saying hello, he's he's reminding them of the the great riches that are ours now in Christ Jesus, the riches of grace and peace. But it's it's even more than that. It's almost like a proclamation, like a declaration that he is pronouncing over these people. I tend to think he has in the back of his mind the high priestly blessing of Numbers 6. You remember where the, pre, the high priest was to, to declare, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Be, it's a different word for grace there. It's, it's actually the word for mercy, um, but it's a related idea. So again, this idea of mercy and peace or grace and peace are bound together as the, as the priest is raising his hands over the people as if to pronounce God's blessing on them. And I love this picture because it, it just it reminds me of what you and I are to be as we speak to one another. I told you way back when when we started this podcast together that that one of the, my objectives in this whole thing is that I want to become more like Paul. And this is one of the areas what I'm talking about that I when I greet people, I want to be the type of man that just gushing with grace and peace that I speak the blessing of God to people. Then I greet them that they can feel, they can smell, they can taste the gracious smile of God and the shalom of God. I want to have that impact and effect on people. And I, I want you to as well. That, that should be our goal. And that is our privilege, friend, that we get to be channels of God's grace and peace to everyone we meet, everyone we speak to. And that is my prayer for you. Lord God Almighty, God of grace, God of peace, Give us deeper understanding of the gracious privilege that you've given us, the riches that you've given us at Christ's expense, this incredible shalom that fills us in your presence. And Lord God, make us people who can communicate that grace and peace to everyone we meet. Help us to pronounce it over those who know you. Help us to promise it to those who may one day find you and help us to live in it from the moment we wake up to the moment we lie our head on a pillow and rest in peace. 
We thank you, Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Jesus, because it was at your expense that all this was possible. We love you, Jesus. Amen. It's been an honor to have you spend this time with me, but don't let it end here. May the words of God continue to resonate in your heart, transform your life, until the day you meet our glorious King and Savior face to face.